Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 55 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, and I'm joined by my excellent co-host, Bethany Walmack. Charlie, thanks for that wonderful introduction. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be here with all of our listeners that are joining us today. Every time I say joining, I'm like joining, like very um, Southern. (laughs) Country girl. Um, But we're excited that you have joined us today to all of the listeners. Thanks for choosing us. Do us a favor, leave us a rating and review wherever you are listening to us. And this week, we're going to do what we do best just like we do every week, which is going to be covering something in social media, which is really fun this week. I'm pretty excited. Previewing the news from Empowering Pumps and Equipment and then connecting you with an industry influencer. But Charlie, how was your week? I had a good week. Rebecca was back. I'm so thankful she's back. She's tan and had a great time in Hawaii. But so tan. Yeah. She just jumps right into working like yeah, I don't know, before everybody else, you know, woke up because she's East Coast. And so it was really great to have her back. We were planning and, you know, getting, working out all the details for the sustainability summit that we're having. And that was really fun to get to kind of talk through that. And I, I mean, I'm learning every time I talk to somebody about it. So it's really exciting. These leaders, I mean, one of them, Lindsay, she actually helped create this and the whole sustainability aspect, especially in the water section. So um, yeah, just had a fun time connecting with our speakers and understanding what we can do, what all falls in line with sustainability. So yeah, I had a fun week. And, you know, also we got to promote the photo shoot with you with Empowering Women. And so that was really fun to see all of the different people who are wanting to be involved with it. And anyway, just remembering how you are with your photos. And and I can't, I can't wait. These women are going to experience something super awesome. What about you? Well, real quick to go back to the sustainability infrastructure summit. One of the things that I love every time that Empowering Pumps host this summit is that it's like a showcase of how awesome your network that you've built is, Charlie, that you can just pull in these really great knowledgeable speakers about these topics and say, Hey, I want to share you with our audience. And people are like, sign me up because this panel and all of these people that you've put together for this, it's a powerhouse group of people that we're really excited to share. And if you're listening to this on Monday, it's happening. 9am is the start time. Um, And we're going to figure out a way that you can watch it back after, but we'll figure out those details and make sure that you can see it. What else did you talk about? Oh, the, the photo shoot. I'm very excited about the photo shoot, kind of thinking and talking about that. So that was a fun part of our week. And then another fun part of the week was on our team call, we were just brainstorming and testing uh, Twitter spaces. It was kind of fun. For all those that don't know what that is, it's okay. We didn't know that much earlier than you. Don't worry. No. In fact, we were learning on Monday on our team call, and and we're going to talk about it here in the podcast, so you'll get to learn more about it. But it's always a fun time, I think, with our you know little small group. We have five 
people on the call and we just kind of brainstorm how we can use it for empowering pumps. And it's just kind of, it's a fun way to connect with the team. And I just enjoyed that team call um, and enjoyed learning the new social media, which makes us want to share it with you in our Let's Get Social segment. Let's get social. Okay. This is where we're going to tell you about a new trend or something going on in social media that you need to know. Yes, but first, we want to invite you to our empowering meetups, and the Empowering Women Meetup is Wednesday, May the 12th, every second Wednesday at 11 Central Time, and our Empowering Brands Meetup is going to be Tuesday, May the 18th. We have those every third Tuesday at 3 Central Time, so join us. Pre-register so we can send you the Zoom link and be ready to you know, turn your camera on, say hi, talk to everyone that's in there. It's a fun time and I enjoy hanging out with everyone on them. Yes, we love people. So, you know, on that note, stay connected with us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast and, you know, get your shout out. Um, Go ahead and tag us in that. Um, Leroy is still writing some excellent posts for us as a review. And I'm just amazed at how he can pick up on like all these little details from our conversation. So thanks again, Leroy. We appreciate you. He's great. So great. So on to the main topic we want to educate you about for Let's Get Social this week is Twitter Spaces. I found a great HubSpot article that kind of walks you through what it is and how to use it. And I'll include that link in the show notes. Um, And then Charlie and I are just going to kind of summarize it and let you know our thoughts on what it is and how you can use it and hope that you, you know, leave this podcast having learned something. So Start us off, Charlie, by telling us what is Twitter Spaces? Yes. Okay. Well, basically, it's an audio chat. So think of like a chat room where you're just talking. It allows the host um, to talk to these listeners. And, you know, it's really cool because you can invite different speakers. There's up to 10 speakers that can be in a space at the same time, but there's unlimited listeners. So I just think about this as like what we were just talking about. Let me invite all the speakers that we had at the summit over and y'all can listen to us kind of talk even more about sustainability. You can ask to join us and, and then you can be the speaker. So that's really fun to open up that space. Amber called it the old school party line the other day on our call, which I thought, yeah, that I agree with that. And just Im- imagine you know, a group of people having fun. And I think this Twitter spaces element, right? We've got a lot of different audio chat rooms happening. Uh, Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. we talked about a couple weeks ago. And I think it differs in a couple ways. One is the audience. And, you know, with Twitter, we've been building that audience for so long. And we have so many people there that interact with us on a daily basis. So that network that we have is already established. And so we're fans of going to the Twitter space and opening this up and not, you know, having to build a brand new network uh, within Clubhouse. Even though I do believe we should participate in it when we can. But ideally, with Empowering Pumps and Equipment, because we're there every single day for you, let's add to our network there and and that experience there on Twitter. So, So tell them how to participate, Bethany. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're kind of like, I have no idea how I would even get on it or listen to it. 
you have to be on a mobile device currently to do it. So this is going to be when you're checking your phone, your Twitter app on your phone. I think they're working on rolling it out for computers or the web-based version of yeah, Twitter. That's what I saw something on that. I also forgot to tell people, Bethany, that this is not recorded. This is not like a, a webinar yes. or video recording. This is just audio chat where we're just talking. So, you know, no pressure there. And you, you know, you have to be there. So... Uh, which is kind of fun, like Amber, when Amber was talking about it being the party line, I find it interesting that, you know, we've made all these giant strides in uh, social media and technology and how we can video chat. And it's almost like we're seeing like the cyclical evolution of it where now it's like, well, hey, we need something more simple where we're not going to record it. There's not going to be video. We just want to have a chat. <laughs> yeah. And Clubhouse, Twitter, they're kind of capitalizing on that. It's just, it's interesting. You know, it's always interesting to think about how it works and how it's beneficial. Oh, but so how you participate is you open Twitter on your app. And at the top, you're going to see, they call it the fleet bar. Fleets are their version of stories. Uh, I still call them stories. I do too. Yeah. At the top of your app, you're going to see people's stories that they have. them. so it's like a small circle uh, with their picture in it. And when you see someone with a purple circle, that means that they are currently live on spaces. You're only going to see them if they are there right then. It doesn't record. You can't watch it later. And then there's also a way you can click on it if um, when people start one, they'll tweet it out. They'll say, hey, I'm on this space. And if they're still live, you can click on it and get to it from that tweet. There'll be a box that says, you know, join Charlie in this space. And you would also, on the flip side, start a space in the same place that you go to create a story. This HubSpot article that we shared has a lot of screenshots and more information unlike the nitty gritty of how you actually start a space and what you click on and where it is on the screen. So if you're interested in starting a space, I would highly recommend you go back and look at this HubSpot article. We just kind of wanted to give you the overview of why it's important and why we think you should know about it for your business. Yeah. So let's talk about that. We have five ways to use Twitter spaces for business. Um, the first is going to be thought leadership. And it really did make me think of this when you were talking, because from when you create your space, you need to have knowledge of your business, knowledge of what you're trying to accomplish with this Twitter space. And that's within the box, you said that you could kind of tweet out this message, it's going to say what it's about. And so kind of think about that. You're going to use that thought leadership, establish your brand as a leader in the space. Um, the biggest benefit on social media in general is thought leadership, but this tool really helps you. I really like the idea of having panels. Um, so a panel discussion like we talked about earlier, um, but then uh, I liked how it said webinar feedback. So I can imagine you've had a you know hour long webinar, maybe you've had a twenty minute webinar, and you want to continue it, right? And so I've got some questions about what they just presented, and instead of kind of doing the chat, I just like to talk it out. I mean, I'm one of those people that likes to talk things through, so I think it would be really beneficial for you as the expert, right, to host this Twitter space to give people the option, like all of your followers to hear kind of who you are. And then they can listen to that while they're working, while they're, you know, on lunch break, or for example, I like to use me as an example, right? What is Charlie going to talk about today? And I want to, I want to go to that and I kind of know, know that thought leadership piece, like what the brand stands for. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to be learning about that day. So I would really think about that for our thought leaders. Okay. What is the conversation going to be about? Is it going to be tied to 
personal branding or social media, right? We like to talk about stuff like that under my channel, but what would your channel look like? And what do you want it to stand for and, and get people used to coming there to talk about that with you? I love it. And you talked about Q and A's and like after webinars doing question and answers. And that's the second point in the five ways to use Twitter spaces for business is to use them for those question and answer sessions or ask me anything. And it really gives people an in-person opportunity to ask a question where, like you said, you're much better in person and just kind of like talking things through. But then it also, you know, giving someone an answer right then and there. When they ask you, it makes them feel valued, makes them have some sort of loyalty to your brand, I think. And then it's it's not recorded, so people don't have to worry about... Oops, I messed up. Yes. And you know, one way you could do this is to pre-promote when you're going to do it. So you say a week ahead of time, hey, we're going to do this question and answer session on Tuesday at noon. Be on Twitter, be ready to listen, have a few questions prepared ahead of time. And it could be someone on your team or it could be an industry expert that you invite and you're basically the facilitator um, that you've brought in to share with your audience that you have established. I think that's you know a really, really cool function that I think that we'll definitely be using as empowering pumps in the future. Yeah. It makes me think of uh, the conversation I had with Rob yesterday, because on a podcast, you're like when you're interviewing the speaker, Mm -hmm. you ask them these questions and you can dig into whatever you want. So just imagine kind of being on this call with people and they say something and you're like, Oh, but I want to like maybe a a counter argument or make a point about that. Um, And that is kind of really neat. It's just like a conversation, right? Like just imagine you're having conversation with work people. So it's really fun. The other point is commentary on live events. And I think that this is how I see Twitter all the time. It's okay. We've got a live event. We're going to post pictures. We're going to post, you know, quotes that people say we're going to engage during this live event. This is how I met you. Let's, let's take this all the way back to 2012. (laughs) You were live tweeting the turbo and pump symposia. And that's what I was doing the marketing for. And I was like, this person is doing all of our tweets for us. They're commenting on all of our Twitter stuff and retweeting us. And it was live tweeting an event. That's, that's the Charlie that I met. I love it. Yes. It's one of my favorite things because you don't have to wait for, I don't know, Facebook to show you the message Mm -hmm. whenever it decides. It's like, okay, this is, let's use this hashtag. And this is what's happening right now in real time. And so I really like that. Um, so using spaces as an extension of that, having the conversation during a trade show, what's going on in different sessions on the floor. Um, I think that would be really cool. I also think like hosting a live talk show, if you will, for your listeners, mm-hmm. you know, during this time uh, around certain topics that I think is just that's what we're here for, right? This is this is what we love to do. And this is allows you to just be an, an active listener, right? So you're just showing up and you don't have to do anything. You can just listen to other people's views and learn. Or you can be the host or you can be a guest speaker. And then it's a little more like, okay, I got to be prepared. I got to have it quiet in my background. I've heard a, a lot of dogs barking through some of these um, uh, clubhouse sessions that I listen to. Yeah. But so that's that's the difference in it is just being prepared. I, but I see the value absolutely as extending that as part of Twitter. 
For sure. Uh, number four on this HubSpot list was something that I hadn't thought of uh, and thought it was super interesting is to host a game show or giveaway on your Twitter. And so this is very morning show radio to me. Um, yes. You know, you have a couple people call in and you ask them some trivia questions and then you have a winner and you give give them a prize. It could be themed around uh, something in the industry or trivia about Charlie or something just fun to get our listeners together. That would be funny. And I just, yeah, I, which I do think is very funny. I love gamifications of things. I think it makes it interesting. Um, and I love when people bring games to social media. And so I will I will put that on my list. I will brainstorm trivia questions to host and then figure out a way to do that through our Twitter. Because I just, that's fun. It's fun. It gets people involved. Absolutely. Okay. The next one, I feel like this is like for our marketers out there. It's press releases, okay? Host an event to celebrate a launch of a product. How many times have we tried to, you know, have a group at an event and, and you know, announce a, pro- a product release or a press release, however you want to say that, press event? Let's do it. Let's just host our space and, and talk all about it. So have your product experts there to talk about the products, the benefits, you know, they always have a Q and a session at these events. Um, so I think that that's a great way to do this. Um, but I think you need to add something to these to make it exclusive. So one of the things is to generate that excitement at an event, you know, we kind of pick a time and do it there. And if you're not at the event, you don't get to see it. Right. So let's make this exclusive to the people who show up in spaces. What are they going to get? What are they going to know about the product that they wouldn't otherwise, which is kind of fun. Maybe the creator of the product is there. That would be fun. Some insight about the marketing. So yeah, Yeah. I I love it. In conclusion, we believe that social audio, social audio in social media. It's here to stay. Um, You're seeing it come out on all different types of platforms. You've got Clubhouse and now Twitter has released one. And I think there's rumors that that LinkedIn is going to do one as well. And what we want for you, our listener, you're a listener, you're in our in our network. We want to make you thought leaders. We want to make you early adopters of social media and show you how to benefit from that. And so what we're telling you is that now is the time to just jump in head first. Don't be afraid of messing up. Think about ways that it could benefit your business and your personal brand and how it could make you a thought leader. And you've already built your audience on Twitter. So instead of starting over brand new on a different app, this is the place where you can learn how this is going to work. And so I highly encourage it. And, you know, send us a tweet that says, hey, I want to jump on a space and give us a time and we'll be there. That's right. And I do believe it's just an extension of Twitter. I mean, we're used Mm -hmm. to Twitter chats now and, you know, taking a certain amount of time during the day to be there um, and be available and live. So let's just, you know, extend that to, you know, actually using our voice, you know, all about using our voice to create change. So jump on there and yeah, like Beth, um, it is Bethany. I don't know why I stopped at that, but like Bethany said. You're so excited that Becca's back that you're just like, right. like Becca said. <laughs> right. My bad. Um, anyway, so I'm so glad that she said that we would jump on there with you because we will, you know, just send me the the message through Twitter and it'll notify me and I'll jump on there with you and try it out. So. Also, if there's other things you want to learn about, about social media, you know, send us a message and use that hashtag, like Charlie said, empowering industry podcast. So we can know what you want to hear and cover more things that you want to learn about. And for now, we're going to move into our news segment. 
yeah, this is where we're going to preview some news from Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter that will be coming to your inbox this week. And we'll start with the person of the week. Yes. And the person of the week is also one of our panelists for the Sustainability Summit. And this is Melanie Hart. She's a civil projects manager at Paradigm Design. Just super like amazing story about meeting her. She joined the, you know, Empowering Women's Network on Slack and just was talking about sustainability. And I was like, oh, well, we are too. And so it was just really great to the, the way that that all came together. So she's got a cool story. And I pulled out one of her questions that she answered that's on her profile, which you can find a uh, link in the show notes or in your inbox or however you want to get to person of the week. She gave this great answer or insight when she said, you know, like sometimes engineers aren't really the most outspoken person in the room or the loudest person in the room. They can be more like introverted or quiet, but in order to make a positive impact on the design of a project, there's sometimes where you have to challenge the ideas of those that are in power. You have to say, I see an alternative design. I see a better way to do this. And finding ways to develop those communication skills, uh, your negotiation classes, all of these things are important to your career development. And I really think, you know, this is even bigger than engineering and design projects. That's life. That's how you, you know, get heard and, and do all these things in, to be successful in your life. And I just, I, I loved that answer. I think she's a fascinating person and I've really enjoyed her on the Slack as well, but she's great. Definitely read her profile and connect with her on LinkedIn. That's the whole point of us sharing these people as we want you to connect with them. Absolutely. So if you know um, any other really cool people that uh, we can highlight, go ahead and nominate them. Um, There's a link in the show notes and it's on the website. Let us know who they are. I mean, it's really easy and we're excited to meet all the people in our industry that are doing cool stuff. So, okay. So into the news, the item that I wanted to talk about is I guess you call it a roundtable. So this Empowering Pumps roundtable is called Lead to Order is Now, Lead to Win. And I love this because I love to work the win, right? Like, what are we all winning? I want to know. But this is a webinar that we're hosting for and with IntelliQuip, which is uh, also FPX. These are the people that I've met and I've known them for years. Um, Treg is always, you know, super active in the pump industry. And I'm excited to be able to join the round table, ask them some questions and talk about like how we're going to advance this digital world. This is really what we're talking about, how you can select equipment, configure it. What's the price, you know, how to get a quote through all these different systems. So we're going to be talking about all that, but it's really about how to be competitive in today's world where people are buying this way. So what you're going to learn, uh, the difference between using spreadsheets and price books and the modern digital equipment selection. So what is that? If you don't know what that is, then you absolutely need to be here and we'll talk through that. But it's really that next step, that next generation. You can discover why all size of manufacturers and sellers of mechanical equipment are turning to digital selection. We know this where, you know, we've been seeing it a lot, you know, just during this past year where people are turning to digital marketing versus some other marketing things that they've done. It's just this is where we're going. So we want to educate people. We want to talk about it. We want to, you know, give you these tools and find out what is this? What is this select configure priced 
project, you know, what is this going to look like for the future? So join us and we're going to talk about it, bringing you the experts again. Um, and they're, you know, letting me ask the questions. So if you want to know something about this new di- digital space, go ahead and send me a question to ask them. And you may have said it and I missed it, but I'll say it just in case it's going to be May 19th at 11 a.m. Central. And so in the show notes, there's the link where you can sign up for it so you can make sure to watch Charlie and IntelliQuip. Yes. So it's the select configure price quote systems that they're digital now. But if you think about it, people are used to, I mean, there are some people out there that still use paper and like are writing down at the counter what people are needing. This is not good. You got to get with the times and figure out how you're going to adapt to digital. So, I mean, that's what I'm going to ask. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so the story that I'm previewing is Chesterton releases a cloud-based monitoring and analytics platform for rotating equipment. AW Chesterton Company, they've released its latest IIoT innovation called the Chesterton Connect Cloud. Um, It's a web-based dashboard and analytics platforms that helps them analyze data collected from Chesterton Connected Equipment Monitoring Sensors. It provides 24-7 cloud remote access to what you're doing, and the dashboard enables reliability teams to track all rotating equipment conditions in real time build reports and corrective actions to increase equipment performance and uptime, which increasing uptime and performance is top of the goals for everyone, I think. And then view vibration trends through a color-coded analysis for vibration velocity as well as acceleration. Just a lot of cool features and upgrades uh, to this that AW Chesterton released. And I think it's it's really fun. There's a lot, it goes into a lot more detail about what the dashboard provides and, and what you get from this new IIoT innovation. It's uh, a good article that I would definitely recommend reading. I'll have the link in the show notes. Thanks, Chesterton. Yeah. Okay. I'm really excited about this interview today. Probably not as excited as Charlie is, but... I think today is an example of why we have this in our show, period. It's because you, Charlie, you go out and you find these leaders in the industry that have impacted you, that you want to share their story and tell our listeners how they can also draw benefit from these people's stories. And you have a really, really cool person on today. Why don't you introduce him for us? Yes. So this is one of my favorite top strategy marketers engineer like it's all combined all together one of the top leaders in strategy is what i would call him this is mike shorts and i met mike shorts through the fluid ceiling association and he happened to be the only person in the history of time who has ever made me speechless okay so we talk about that you'll have to listen to the interview to hear more about that Uh, But Mike, he is a strategic and action-oriented executive. He is always thinking of strategy. You know, it's global leadership that he's been leading within his company. But he showed me in the FSA how he can set a strategy looking in advance, right? Years and years in advance. And I loved working with him on, you know, developing kind of marketing strategies and things for the FSA to gain membership or, you know, one of the fondest memories we have with FSA is going to the EPA and talking to them uh, about fluid ceiling technologies. Like the government doesn't know about that. And 
I was lucky enough to just kind of be there and observe this and listening to these engineers, him and uh, Phil Mahoney, you know, talk through the technology there and explain it to everybody. It was just such a big moment for our organization, for us as leaders. And so I feel like I grew up watching Mike Schwartz be a strategic leader for FSA. And um, I'm just excited to share his story with you. He is super cool. He also has a Labradoodle, an Australian Labradoodle. You know how I like Australian anything. And so I also think that he is an amazing person and his leadership and kind of watching him online and how he, you know, really cares for his wife and, and some of the things that I have read about her being really a confidant to him uh, is just really kind of a fun part of him. And I don't think that you could mention him without saying that. So anyway, he's passionate about building people um, in leadership. He, you know, strives to be a better leader every day. And I think that's what leadership is all about. So yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a lot about Mike, but I'll <laughs> let you, I could go well, on for days. With I do want to say, so people pick up on this in the interview. One of my favorite things is that when you're talking to him about how he's the only person to ever make you make you speechless, he goes, yeah, you were speechless for all of three seconds or something. Like that. <laughs> and it was this like <gasps> yeah. sick burn that I was like, oh, this is great. Um, somebody who can pick on Charlie. Yes, this is this is the person that you could absolutely pick on Charlie anytime. Um, it's just monumental, monumental yeah. to my life. Just little comments have changed the way that I do, yeah, leadership, and it's really great. So awesome. So let's get to it. Without further delay, here's your interview. Hey, Mike. Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So I have wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time. I've waited. I don't know what I was waiting for. Maybe all of the things that happened during COVID that led to this point. But let's start because I could go on and on about how we met and all this stuff. So let's just jump into your story. And then, of course, I'll have to add some stuff along the way. So, Mike, this is Mike Shorts, everybody, and Mike, tell them what you you know who you are, what you do. Sure, yeah, I am Mike Shorts. I'm the president of Triangle Fluid Controls and related companies. I'm part of the Durlon Gasket Group of fluid sealing companies, and uh, have been in gaskets and fluid sealing for almost 25 years. So he likes sealing. If y'all haven't guessed that yet, uh <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So I was going to ask, uh, how did you get into this industry? I mean, I know that you're an engineer and, you know, have you always you know, wanted to be an engineer? So kind of tell us about that journey. Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. You know, in high school, I wanted to be either an engineer or an architect. I spent a lot of time doing drawings and working on my architectural portfolio in, in high school. And then when push came to shove, uh, I was in a really long waiting line to get into architecture school. So as a sort of backup, I thought, okay, let's apply to what was at the time ranked, you know, the best engineering school in Canada. I thought, hey, let's give it a shot. So I got in. And, um, you know, what, what interested me about engineering was the school I went to had a common first year. So you didn't have to pick what discipline you wanted to do. And I, I went through a common first year. You take a few classes in each discipline 
and I decided I wanted to be a geological engineer with a specialty in environmental. And I was a part of Canada's first environmental engineering program. That's awesome. Can we just pause because we're recording this on Earth Day and I had no idea you were going to say that. So it's just kind of fun. Yeah, cool. So you're in there and I think that that's kind of normal, right? My son, I always try to put him in engineering, but he was drawing during his class this week. And I was like, well, maybe he should look into architecture. So how did that, you know, after you got into school, how did it change for you? It changed because, I mean, I've sort of always been that technical hands-on kind of thinker person. Uh, regardless of what I did, it's sort of like the strategic moves of, well, let's not do this until we know the next piece. And that just really fit into the whole, both disciplines of like architecture and engineering. And if you think about engineering, it's really like architecture just in a, me- in a mechanical type of world, right? So that, that first year of engineering just became a, you know, this is what I want to do. And, you know, that fortunately, because I took environmental, it touched on all disciplines of engineering. And that's given me a lot of insight into my career development and the industries that we serve. Because we serve all the industries that I learned about in engineering. That's awesome. And I just want to point out the the strategic part of you. You know, you mentioned that. You just slid that in. And he is so strategic. I've seen this in action. And it's funny. He can, you know, plan things out years and years in advance. And it's just, it's awesome to see some stuff that I know you were working on kind of come to uh, fruition. So I want to tell everybody kind of our story. I know I met you uh, at a trade show. It was, you know, probably WefTech, I think is the trade show. I think so. So this Canadian company comes to the U.S. and is exhibiting at this trade show. And um, then, you know, just, I guess, from meeting you at events and seeing the participation in the Fluid Ceiling Association, I got to know you as this strategic leader of the group. And it started with you taking the initiative to jump into the marketing committee. That was my committee that I was in. And he was like putting these graphics together and these media kits for the organization and just really helping lead that. So that was my introduction to you. And you kind of are, you, you kind of have that marketer strategic, you know, I guess it's that drawing in you, maybe the graphics yeah. side of you as well. So mm-hmm. do you still like doing that? Absolutely. I love doing the, the, not necessarily the graphical design piece, but the elements, the, you know, kind of, it's like doing the framework and then having my experts do the finesse work now, because there's certainly better people in the company to do those pieces. But it it's the, you know, laying out the framework, thinking about the bigger picture. And if we do this now, how does that affect the larger goal that we want to do down the road? Um, so we don't have to repeat and duplicate. And I was trying to apply that early on in the Fluid Ceiling Association. At some points, it was maybe ahead of its time, but now we fully caught up. So it's exciting to see it. Yeah, you have to kind of make those steps. And I think we both kind of learned that. Take the steps before people are ready sometimes. Yes. But give them the tools. And I think you with the background in engineering and the process side of things, and kind of I have so many memories that just keep you know jumping up in my head. So I know this is kind of going around in circles, but he actually taught uh, or wrote a piece on how to run a meeting. And uh, for me, this is really great because I'm talking in circles and it's like, okay, let's get to the point. And 
it just was so helpful. And I think just overall, the FSA was super helpful to me in my professional career and journey. And you definitely were a part of that. I like to tell the story about you, you know, are the only person that can make me speechless. So for y'all that don't know, uh, he gave me the FSA Merit Award. And this is also a testament just to you and your you know, leadership within the organization at that time. But I couldn't talk, y'all. I was just like speechless, speechless and I didn't know it was going to happen. And I just, you know, I was like this. <laughs> it, it was true. You really were speechless for several consecutive seconds. Yeah, if I had said anything, I would have bursted out crying. So I wasn't going to do that on the stage. So there's these moments in time where we watch each other grow as leaders. And so I think that that's kind of this story I want to tell people is that leadership journey. And you're doing that. You've done that, you know, clearly in the FSA and in your organization by bringing people in. And so what, what does, I know this is a big question I'm about to ask you, but what does leadership mean to you? Wow, that is a big question. Leadership, in my view, means a lot. And I would say outside of the leading the business to be better from a a numbers and, and financial perspective, I mean, that's just kind of part of what it is. For me, the enjoyment of leadership is helping people see more in themselves than maybe they see. And you know, one of the things I've loved to been able to do over my career is identify capabilities within people and show them what they're capable of and put them on a path to achieve a larger goal. And we do this kind of in a, in a mentor coaching kind of relationship. And then you watch it grow and it's, it's, it's kind of like, a parent almost, mm-hmm. but in a different sense. It's not like a controlling piece. And that part is what's been so exciting in my career really is just to see people on my teams that I work for grow and discover and accomplish things that maybe they didn't really see that they could do early on. I mean, I started out in a two-week contract with our company. And you know, from, from a two-week contract, I progressed through the whole group of of what we do and I had every role in the company except for accounting. And in nine years, I was the general manager. So, you know, I look at that and think, if I can do this, I want to help other people do it. And part of it in leadership is you don't have to do it all. You need to like find the right people to have on your team that can do all those pieces that you don't have to be an expert in. And that's what I've, I think I've built in our teams. And that's the exciting part of leadership for me. It so is. And so I know you have, because I've seen it. I've seen all of your team players uh, grow and take on new responsibilities. And it does, it makes your company stronger. It makes your team, you know, be able to lean on each other. And, you know, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to build that around you. And that's so great to know. I mean, just, just to let people know, you don't have to know it all. You don't have to be perfect. (laughs) And don't, and don't even try. It's okay to not be the smartest at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you can find that person and stick them next to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So I want to tell just a, a journey. Okay. So Mike and I were talking with Rebecca at FSA. Okay. And he tells me this story about 
you know, liking journals and writing in journals. And I knew he liked to write, so that wasn't new. But I kind of took this mental note of a moleskin journal. I was like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Like, does that have to do with hunting? I don't know. <laughs> and so anyway, I I kind of filed that away. And it happened to be Mike's birthday coming up. And so I sent him this moleskin journal that I Googled to figure out what it was. And I said, you know, write in this, tell us, you know, your thoughts. I was trying to kind of get him uh, inspired to write about in in his free time, because he had had all these different flights back and forth that he maybe would write on. um, And those were all gone. (laughs) So uh, having that time to sit down and, and somebody has done that for me in the past, they sent me a journal and said, you know, fill this up with your words. And so I was kind of passing that along to you. But Mike, as he does, uh, <laughs> takes it, makes it this huge uh, deal. It was for me anyway. It was a, it, you put a marketing spin or a strategy spin towards leadership on it. And he did fill it up. I have it right here. So this is his journal and it's camo. I couldn't remember if you liked hunting or not, I think, when I picked this out. And so the reason why I tell you this story is because this is very important when it comes to leadership. And this is what it did for me. He starts this project and he creates this hashtag project EBC. Like, what does that mean? And he writes it out empowered by Charlie. And the reason why that's important. Yes. Of course it's my name, but it meant, you know, this is, this is what I'm trying to do with my brand, right. Is to empower others. And it was like, okay, we did that. Here we go. But it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop there as a strategic planner uh, that you are. He keeps going. So he fills up the journal. And I do want to share a couple of things with you from it. And I think that when I first started reading it, I would take pictures uh, of the things that really stood out to me. And of course, the first part where you you know said this was um, great from Charlie, blah, 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 inspired. <laughs> but this is the part that speaks to you. Uh, Part of what I'm trying to accomplish here in this journal is to make a difference. I guess what it really boils down to is that I'm trying to make a difference by making me better first. What part of this really comes first? Making me better or making a difference? Maybe that's up for debate, but for now, they're pretty much working hand to hand. And I agree with that, right? I agree with that Mm -hmm. so much that in leadership, the only way to lead people is by leading yourself and, and looking for ways to make yourself better so that you, you can be there for them. I'm going to, I've got one more little thing I want to uh, bring up from the book, but let's talk about that for a minute. Um, in yeah. that journey of how do you know that that's what we need to do, right? That we need to focus on ourselves in order to lead others. I mean, it it takes a lot of inward looking to get to that point where you can, I think, in any type of leadership role, accept that you need to constantly improve, be better, however you want to look at it, at what you are and, and what you do and, and how up to date you are with things and concepts. And, you know, think about it from the point where you don't have to be on you know the expert side of anything it's just being well-rounded well understood in, in being able to think about things two or three or four steps ahead so you can 
you know, think about walking through a forest down a path with, with your team. You know, if, if you're kind of working and you're looking out for them, you say, hey, you know, watch out for that, that twig across the path. I don't want you to trip and hurt yourself because you've seen that three steps ahead of where they are because they're, they're focused on, oh, look at all the pretty things. And for yourself, you have to develop yourself to not just look at, at you and see where things are going, but see what's developing with your team. And until you understand how to build both sides at the same time and improve yourself, you you can't really get there. Because if you think you're better than everyone, then in my opinion, you're not you're not really a leader. You're not leading your team to be better. You're just trying to make your team as good as what you are. Yeah. And it goes back to leading by example too, right? Like you yeah. know that your team needs to focus on improving themselves. Um, and that's just part of it. It's improving uh, as a leader, we want other leaders and to develop others. And yeah. part of that is working on what you, what you want to accomplish and getting those skills for one. But that work, that inner work of knowing that you're valid of who you are and knowing yourself is just um, such a big piece. And it's really hard to, while you're going through the the busyness of work to see it, I think. Lots of lessons in this book, by the way. So <laughs> if you want to look at some of the quotes, again, you can look at that hashtag Project EBC on Twitter. He has a, a, a lot of quotes. And then he is doing a leadership unboxed series on LinkedIn, which is super fun. But I'll give you a little nugget. And this one speaks to me as uh, a lot of the times this is where my mind is at. It says, what makes it difficult when dealing with an emotional decision maker? that's me, right? Uh, Emotional decision maker is that you rarely know what emotion drives their decision. I rarely know what emotion drives a decision. I think most people are aware of the common emotions, but are you aware of the 14 emotions that Aristotle came up with? The answer to that question was no. I had no idea that this existed. So here they are, the 14 emotions, anger, patience, friendship, in minimity, I don't know how to say that. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that. Fear, confidence, shame, shamelessness, emulation, contempt, kindness, pity, indignation, and envy. I mean, I just had to like go into each one of these mm-hmm. and think about that because, I mean, friendship as an emotion and that's a, that is a reason why you make decisions. What, one of the reasons why Absolutely. I called you on here today, right? Mm-hmm. But looking at that shame and fear and confidence, I just, I feel like there's so much there. And I think that people do make decisions and they don't know these things if they haven't done the work, if they haven't looked inside, like we were talking about, to figure out what what is causing them to make decisions. And so I think it's really important to just have that conversation if you're trying to be yourself, if you're trying to be a leader, is to understand the things that you're telling yourself, the reasons why you make a decision. So I don't know what was going on with you in that when you wrote that, but can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I, you know, I think it was just when I wrote that, it was like one of those days. It, it was it was being in in some situation where whatever I was involved in, people around me were just not maybe flying off the handle, but just making quick decisions, obviously on something that was happening in their life. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, 
looking back, it was probably decisions that I didn't completely agree with, maybe. But that reflection on writing that piece was, you know, you may not always agree with what's going on, but if you take a couple of steps and think about what was happening to that person at the time, you may or may not know any of the details, but just think about different things. It can help your understanding of what was going on to just look at the, the more holistic picture. And when you really think about and, and even remotely understand a little bit of all of those different emotions, there's a lot. I mean, people know the common ones, but there's a lot of different emotion that drives what we do day to day. I mean, walking through the grocery store and what you're picking up, what you're picking up is based on like some emotion is, is, you know, a feeling or something, right? That's right. I want to feel good today. Yeah. I'm going to have sushi and, and feel like I took care of myself or something. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things. And, and, you know, that's, it's the emotion piece that regardless of what goes on in the rationale we have and the data and the science and everything beyond what happens, some inner emotion drives the decision we ultimately make. So we just can't discount a decision that someone makes because we don't like it. Um, we cannot like it, but if you work through it, it's easier to kind of get there and go, I, I, I understand. That makes sense to me. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's also like a call to be curious. Like, why is this person reacting? Or the other side is, why am I reacting this way? Right? Absolutely. Going through the leadership launch pad with Rob, one of the questions that we would ask ourselves is, you know, or, or pay attention to like our pulse, right? Like what is happening to your mm -hmm. body? And if, you know, the same thing is coming up over and over again, it's a sign. Your body's trying to tell you something. And that was, that was like mind blowing, right? Like eye opening, however you want to say that. And I think that that's what we need to do as leaders is to look both at our employees and say, they look stressed, maybe. They, yeah. Why does this keep coming up? What's going on with them? And get curious about it. So what's next with this? I, I mentioned it, the this wasn't just one project for Charlie. I'm going to pass this along. I've already got the person, but it's really difficult to pass this along. I have to be honest. Like these are, <laughs> these are like a year of Mike Schwartz's comments. And, but I do have the person I'm passing it along to. And I'm so glad that you have this and can continue. So tell them about your series and what you're doing with that. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. It's, um, you know, it was an exciting thing to do. And like you said, I just, in the nature in me, I can't just leave it at one little thing. It's, you know, what, what else can I do? And I do just want to make a difference and help people at any level, not necessarily make mistakes that I made, but, you know, if I can help people avoid a mistake, that's it's just one little step that, hey, you don't necessarily have to beat yourself up over something. Here's a way to think about it differently. So I came up with taking you know, what I wrote in the journal and embracing it a little bit more. And I, I've created this weekly unboxing leadership post that I'm doing on my LinkedIn page just to help people. And it's, you know, it's not about the number of likes. It's not about the number of views. It's, you know, maybe somewhere in the series, it'll just, you know, one thing will resonate with somebody and go, oh yeah, that, well, that helps. I, I get it. And you think about it from a different angle. And um, for me, that's just exciting to share. It's, you know, 25 years, I'm not an expert, but I've come through the ranks. I've learned a lot. 
and I'd like to share that with people and and help them go through the ranks in an in an easier fashion than you know what they what they may be doing or help them get through the ranks where they might not see themselves getting through the ranks. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a key part of that. And I love the posts that you're doing. And I'll just say this, uh, people see them regardless if they like them or comment Mm -hmm. on them. So uh, I've learned that in my 10 years here of social media is um, not everybody wants that maybe to appear on their page, but they're watching it. So it's, it's interesting how that all works. But you do make a difference, and so you've, you've made a difference to me in a big way, and I wanted to kind of give back to you today. I do want to ask you some industry questions and kind of where you see our industry grow, you know, going, growing. Um, <laughs> and so if you want to talk to that a little bit, we'll shift gears a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think where things are at now, the, the focus largely is on, you know, this fugitive emissions tightness sealing things tighter so they don't leak or leak as much as what they used to. And, you know, I've said this before in, in different public events is I don't feel that right now there's a lot of new invention that necessarily needs to happen. I mean, we all need to look at new things that should be coming out and doing in the fluid sealing world. But, you know, the first step that we can all take is just use what is out there the way it was meant to be used. And it's crazy. I mean, I think every gasket manufacturer can show you data that would just say, use it the way it's intended. And the performance is going to go an order of magnitude better than what you're having now. You know, so I look at that and think all of these global initiatives to reduce emissions certainly on the fluid sealing side that initially wasn't even in the inventory of emissions for methane, you know, flanged emissions weren't in all of that. You know, if we look at that and just take our fluid sealing products and install them the way they should be, A, they'll last longer. The costs will go down because you don't have to buy them as often. And C, and the biggest one is the emissions reduce. And you just, you begin to help the whole planet meet these targets just by still buying what you're buying and using it right it's it's like you you don't go buy you know a brand new suv and then take it out in the desert and and jump dunes with it because that's not what it's meant for that's a great analogy uh i love that i can actually see that happening (laughs) so so I, i i love that because we do have a lot of the solutions that already that we we don't have to create something brand new. Uh, We have to pay attention to it. We have to Mm -hmm. maintain our equipment, make sure that we're picking the the things that are efficient. And I think, you know, we've always talked about that. We've always, from my little bit of knowledge that I I have obtained over the years and pumps and equipment and ceiling is that we need to properly install everything and maintain it. And mm-hmm. if we do that, I agree with you. I think that there is a lot of things that can improve by doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think things are just smart. I mean, I remember when we went to the yeah. EPA office together with the FSA and they just didn't know anything about fluid sealing. And it was the simplest no. discussion of just like, let me tell you how we can actually help. And I think that's what we just need to do is make sure people know um, about our industry, about um, how these products can help. 
okay. There, I've talked a lot. I feel like this is an interview I've, I've talked more than anything because you've meant so much to me. But I want to just ask, just as we're talking, is there anything that kind of came up for you that you want to share with our audience? Honestly, not really. I mean, this, this is this is just a great experience to be able to to share and, and give back and you know support what you're doing that I've been a huge fan of since you started doing it. I mean, honestly from the initial time that we met um, until now, I wouldn't say you're a completely different person, but you're on a whole nother level of depth and influence and affecting people's lives in such great ways. And, you know, what you're doing in, you know, getting women more exposure in in the development of women. I, I mean, I love seeing that. I've said it to several people probably in the last, few months is our world and certainly businesses need more women and more women in influential and decision-making roles. Certainly in my life, I've had great experiences with women who are put in those roles because they've earned those roles, not because of some thing we have to meet with diversity. You know, we should be doing that as business leaders and, and regardless of our sex and race, but there's, there's a, a lot of women period that should be at higher levels than what companies have given them the opportunity to be. And that's part of what I'm trying to help too, is how can I help people get there, right? That's the highlights of what where I'm at in my career right now is just helping with that because I think it's important. And, you know, I'm proud of what you're doing. I think it's great. Yeah, well, you definitely helped uh, in that. I mean, I can see pivotal moments where just like statements were like, wow, like, yeah, I need to think about that. What is happening? What am I doing that is giving different impressions or, or whatever? And it, it's things like that, that are, they're mentoring moments, but they're also just like, it's hard to find a mentor that that's really going to make a difference for you if you don't like them. And I think this is yeah. one of the questions that come up is like, how can I get a mentor? I'm like, well, be friendly and like, tell them what you want to do. And maybe this will cause a friendship that is then a mentorship, which then can be a sponsorship. I I just think that that's the most, the biggest challenge, but, but I can look at that journey and it's not overnight, right? It's, it's these pieces of being there for somebody as they grow. But to that point, you have to kind of grow, go through some stuff at work to figure out what you stand for, what your values are. Same for home life or anything else. It's what do you stand for? And I think when you figure that out, then you can do that. And it makes, there's so many little lessons that I want to give to people, but I also saw that our industry needs help at pointing out some of the things that are just wrong as a system. And I think we both um, are, are getting getting better at that for one, I'll just say. But um, um, I know I love these emotional things because I can get just, you know, upset about something, the injustice of things. And I need the tools in order to be able. And I think, I think a lot of these organizations and, and people that we know in common have helped me get there to be mm-hmm. able to put a sentence in a straight line. No, I'm kidding. But uh, you know what I mean. Well, absolutely. Well, you know what? It goes the opposite way too. Is um, I mean, you know, I think I think you've influenced people and, and taught them or exposed them to things in different ways to kind of give a lot of people, you know, aha moments. And um, again, it's you know, you you don't necessarily get the you don't see the the likes or the reviews or the open thanks, but 
it's it's true. It's just people see it, they feel it, and in you know, in your heart, you know, you've done that, and um, yes. that's part of leadership. You just you feel good for helping somebody else. I like to help people. So yeah. Okay. So I have a rapid fire. This is my first rapid fire. You can still hear me, right? So I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right, so I, w- I wanted to know a couple things. One, what is your favorite watch brand? Oh boy, favorite watch brand have to be uh, Long Jeans. Okay, favorite book? Ooh, uh, huh. any book by Patrick Lencioni. And the one that you're gonna write? Okay. <laughs> and the one that I'm gonna write. There you go. Y- yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, favorite song? I don't know. I have too many. I can't narrow it down. I'm sorry. Okay. And then best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received um, would be from my father. And it was lead by example. Don't expect someone to do something that you wouldn't do for them. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's all I had, Mike. I have enjoyed it. I feel like I could have talked to you for hours and pretty much every little topic that we that came up. Me too. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you and um, look forward to sharing this. And hopefully everybody will you know, run over there and read your series because it's excellent. So um, just if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Really the best and easiest way uh, if if you're connected on LinkedIn is, is uh, either message me or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there a lot um, and looking at a lot of different things. And, and outside of that, you know, there's somebody out there who, who knows me or knows of me and connect with me that way. And, and I'll get back to you really, really quick. Certainly I'll get back to you quick if you're looking for some, some help or advice or something. So, so we love, we love that you're open for that. And I just want to say thank you again for this. And I, I treasure that and just, just keep on, making a difference because that is exactly what you're doing. And yeah, thanks for being here. Perfect. Thanks so much, Charlie. I appreciate it. And we're back. Charlie, as promised, Mike is great. Everyone connect with him on LinkedIn so you can follow his Leadership Unbox series that he's releasing every week on there for his audience to to learn from and grow with him. Uh, he's he's a great person to connect with and it was a great interview. Thanks for bringing him. Yeah, and what a powerhouse episode. I mean, just all the all the fun stuff. So I guess that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do us a favor, subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast or watch it on YouTube. Leave us some comments. We love seeing all of that. And you always can reach us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast or email me at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. And we'll be back every Monday and sometimes in between with bonus episodes with a new episode. So until then, be empowering. I'm just looking at you. (laughs) You're it. Whenever... I'm ready. Okay, we're good. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> What's them up, guys? I just always wanted to say that for Carly. <laughs>